Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50% to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada Dundalk and Cavan. We have amazing offers available across the Renault, Dacia and Opel range. Whether it is a petrol, diesel, LPG, plug-in hybrid or electric, we have the perfect car for you. See blackstonemotors.ie. Welcome to Late Lunch this Friday afternoon. Isn't it glorious? I was just saying on the way in, it's continental at the moment. It really is. It's fantastic. I say it again, this country. Why would you bother going anywhere else if it were guaranteed? But that's the only strange thing about it. Nothing is guaranteed. But it's gorgeous at the moment for the weekend and it looks like into next week as well. So thank God for the glorious weather. Long may it continue. Welcome to the show coming up later on. Yes, I bring the curtain down on Westlife today. Conclude their story and I have a wonderful song for you. Leon, Leon Blanche is here to run the uh, rule over the weekend. Sport as usual. Alma Jordan is joining us from AgriKids. Uh, she's uh, talking ahead of Farm Safety Week next week. Dennis Freeland, Dwayne Cassidy, Posties from Navin. They're back on their high Nellies tomorrow. Oh, I wish them well with the conditions we're expecting. Anyway, we're talking to the boys a little bit later on. I have your riddle on Friday as well. So Riddlers, get ready. I'll be giving it to you in a short while. And once again, those numbers, you need them all. 086 1800 658 WhatsApp or text me on that number or 1850 715 958 if you'd like to call in. Now my first guest, I so enjoy reading her in independent newspapers. I follow her religiously, but she's normally calm and collected, but she reached breaking point earlier in the week and she's on the line to tell me more. Sarah Carey, hello again. Hello, Jerry. How are you? I'm really good. Well, I'm just checking in with you to see how you are. Have you calmed a little? Well, I'm calming down a bit, but now I was fuming. I really, really was absolutely fuming. Even my husband was looking at me going, you're really upset about this, aren't you? You know, and I was. So we're talking about indoor camps that uh, the Department of Health announced last Friday that um, indoor camps uh, which is usually for primary school children, secondary yeah. as well, um, were being banned with new COVID regulations. And I was really annoyed about it. Mm, you were. Oh, my <laughs> word. I could just see uh, the keyboard being banged out of it as you uh, put that column together. But look, Sarah, it, you make some really valid points, I have to say, in what you had to say. It doesn't add up, really, does it? Yes. Yeah, so, and I mean, I 
started off by saying that during the lockdown, I didn't get, get involved in whataboutery. You know, there was mm. loads of people complaining, oh, pennies isn't open and I can't get socks. And I was like, look, we're in the middle of a crisis here and there's a risk-benefit ratio and the risks aren't worth the benefits. You know, you, you can survive yes. without your socks, you know, for another <laughs> month or so. Yep. Um, so when it comes to the risk-benefit ratio for indoor camps, you know, children missed so much school, months and months and months of school. Then they weren't a wet week back. It was two weeks Easter holidays. Then we had a midterm in June. And these camps are really, really important. The only sad thing about them is that they're not accessible to everybody. And they're usually arts and crafts, cookery, Lego. There are computer camps, dance classes, you know, all this stuff mm. that involves a different kind of learning and a lot of socialization and away from screens. And of course, parents are still trying to work from home. So they're really, really important. And in terms of the risks, we know that children have never been significant vectors for COVID. Even yesterday, Professor Karina Butler, she's this wonderful lady who's yes. the head of NIAC. She's really calm, really composed. I'm so impressed with her. She was saying, when we see the children get COVID, they're getting it from adults. They don't go get it from other kids and bring it home. And that's why they kept telling us that apart from kind of January, February, when things were crazy, the schools were safe because children weren't passing it on to one another. So already they're a low risk. Their parents and grandparents are vaccinated because they're all in the cohort that have been vaccinated. So even if they do bring something home, they're going to be safe at home. And then you can control these environments very easily. So like there's a lot of camps and hotels where they're using the big function rooms. You open doors, you open windows, you can control numbers. You know, you you can mitigate for these. Mm. And I don't know, it just seems to have been one of these that Neffet and the Cabinet just didn't see. They were worried about indoor dining. And Leo Varadkar himself said yesterday, look, summer camps are not as important as school. But I disagree. I think they are. And they've never been more important because of all that time from school that was missed. You do make uh, a point that jumped out at me. You said, and uh, you say, uh, do uh, d- about decision makers and those making yeah. the decisions that they're overwhelmingly male, like myself. Where yeah. are the ladies in this, you're asking? You know, I'm always reluctant to play the gender card. And I'm always reluctant to say, well, you know, this is just men. And if there were women there, you know, this situation mm. would be different. But it's harder and harder and harder for me not to make that observation when you see who is making the decision. And it is Tony, Philip, Killian, Ronan. They're the dominant people on Neffet. And then obviously we know what our cabinet is like. Three male party leaders, all the significant ministries held by men. And some of them do have small children. But I don't know. It just, they just don't, it just didn't seem to flicker with them. It just didn't seem to register with them that this would actually be a major issue for parents. And, and so you have to think, if there were mothers at the table, would the mothers be thinking about this in a, in a slightly different way? Because we do live in a world where childcare is still mostly the burden of responsibility yes. on the mothers. So, so it's hard not to look at the men and think that they just don't have children as their priority. I couldn't argue from a male point of view with you <laughs> at all. You've just the case dismissed. You, you win hands down, I have to say, on that one. The other thing is, I just happen to know uh, that uh, these camps you're talking about 
have been organised taking place during the week that finishes today and there are others planned as well. It leaves people in a shocking, difficult position, doesn't it? Yeah, well, that's the thing. It's not that they weren't stopping something from starting. Yes. They were stopping something that was already taking place. And I actually think I've heard anecdotally that a lot of camps are just saying, you know what, we're going on anyway. Mm. So, so if they're in an environment where they can do anything outside, because I know my son was in one last week and they would do some stuff inside for an hour or two and then they'd be brought off out for a walk or to play outside. So I think some maybe just choosing to go ahead and ignore the rule or try and keep them outside as much as possible. And that goes to another very important point I made in the column. The ESRI had this amazing behavioural research unit headed up by Pete Lunn. You know, so some of your listeners might have seen him, you know, mm. yes. uh, being interviewed or uh, writing in the paper. And the extraordinary thing about the COVID restrictions were how many people obeyed it and were compliant. Like, I know we had some people who were going off to Shabins or whatever, but most people obeyed the rules. And what they noticed was people were more inclined to obey the rules when the rules seemed consistent and made sense. And where people stopped complying with rules was when the rules just look stupid. So I think a lot of people are saying, this is a stupid rule. It doesn't make any sense. And you're going to find people now more willing to flout that rule. And whether that be parents happy to send their kids to a camp where the kids will be inside for a while. And maybe people who are running camps saying, you know what, we're going to take the risk and wait for someone to stop us. So, you know, which is a pity mm. that people feel that they're forced into that. But... If if they're looking at the risks and looking at the benefits and know that they're vaccinated and their kids are safe, you know, they, they may just ignore some of this. Mm. You also say, is there no lobby group for children or just mm. one for children in pubs? Well, <laughs> yeah, Woo! because, you know, I've no issue with the government trying to save pubs and restaurants and indoor dining. These are really mostly family run businesses. So I think the rule that you can come inside if you're vaccinated, which frees up tables outside for people who aren't vaccinated and saves a lot of jobs, is is a reasonable mix. It's messy, Mm. it has flaws, but it's a reasonable mix. And that kind of flawed but workable solution was put forward because you did have a very strong lobby and well justified, I'm not criticising them, yes. you know, from um, the restaurant owners, you know, and from the pub owners. But where is the lobby group for children? You know, who are the advocates? What is the organisation? All you've got instead are psychologists and psychiatrists um, saying children are in real distress here. And they really are like there's eating disorders any psychologist I know says their phone is hopping, you know, with children yep. in real distress. And even yesterday, I did, or last week, I was talking to a politician, I won't say who it was, it was an opposition person, and they don't have children. And I was describing my child, look, I'm really worried about him. And he said, oh, yeah, but kids are resilient. You know, up to a point, up to a point. But they've taken the brunt and they did it to protect their grandparents. And they've done it. And... I think they deserve a break and an extra voice at that table. I say here, here to that, and I'm sure many parents listening to us today would support you fully on it. Look, in a general sense, you know, you're 
finger on the pulse here all the time, keeping an eye on what's going on. And like, it's a moving feast, not now nearly by the day, it's nearly by the hour. I don't have yeah. to tell you that, the, the way this uh, new variant is moving about. We see the numbers yesterday, the hospital increase is happening again, and there's a real concern around that. Is it near impossible to <laughs> legislate, to plan, Sarah? Yes, and, and you see, the government keeps being criticised. Oh, we want clarity, we want certainty. The really difficult thing we've had to cope with since the very, very start is that clarity and certainty is one of the last things that you're going to get. And you do have to be prepare, prepared to roll with it when some new crisis or some new problem arrives. You know, so we thought we were on a clear path into opening up and then Delta Delta shows up. So, you know, we do have to kind of get used to it and not let things get in under our skin too much. And if you are fuming for two days because the government cancelled your kids' camp to try and talk yourself down from that and breathe and count your blessings and all that. But at the same time, we really do have to work at being normal and and not being scared all the time. The vaccination program is incredible how fast they're rolling this out. Yes. Like was it five million shots yes. were done? Yep. Like you can't ignore that and the protection that gives people. And yes, the younger people now are the ones exposed, not vaccinated, and this bloody delta thing, you know, is transmissible. So you do have to persuade those people. Chances are if you get this you're not going to be that sick and you'll probably be fine. But you don't want to be the statistic, the one that gets long COVID or the one that ends up in hospital. So you do have to try and persuade people not to go completely mad and ignore the risks and just find some kind of balance to live a normal life. I'm particularly worried, Jerry, about older people who are vaccinated and who are acting as if they're not. They're still scared. Mm. And that's really serious. I know older people who are still afraid to go back to mass. Mm. And there's a huge job of work to be done there to persuade them. Yes. You're actually harming your... You know, loneliness is one of the most significant factors for health and longevity. Mm. It's a huge, huge issue. And um, and if you are older... You, you need to try and really pull yourself together and force yourself to get out there even if you're scared. Yeah. You're vaccinated, you'll be okay. Mm. That's a good message to give because I do know what you're talking about. A lot of people, not even of the senior age, others have retreated into themselves, Sarah, because yeah, of this and, whole thing. and um, William James is the father of psychology and he was one of the ones who uh, diagnosed that habit is the most powerful psychological mm. force. Once you get into a way of doing things, good or bad, yes. it's very, very hard to get out of it now. And we're habituated to avoiding social situations. And breaking that habit and getting back to normality is going to be hard, but you really, really have to do it. You have to. Yeah, and, and it's of all ages. I could see it myself. I have a lot of interest, but some of them have been curtailed for nearly two years now. And to be honest with you, I'll have to give myself a little bit of a lash, you know what I mean, to get back up and get going. Yeah, yeah, and I have friends who, you know, would ask me to come into Dublin and go meet them. And it's not that I'm afraid of catching anything. It's actually just becoming accustomed to socialising and having a drink. And, you know, it's it's just weird. Mm. It's weird trying to get yourself used to it again. Mm. Um, And that's why... 
I do kind of wish that the public health advisors, you know, would be a bit more encouraging to people, you know, who are vaccinated to try and draw a balance between being sensible and living your normal life. Mm. But I, I think the big message, as you say it there again, is that vaccination over five million now, you can see it in terms of fatalities. Uh, yes, we are dealing with a, another variant now and there'll probably be another one down the road again. Uh, this is the way this thing seems to be mutating. But uh, the figures show, you know, the cases, yeah. less people in hospital. And please God, there will be an increase, of course, but per, yeah. not that we're overburdened, you know what I mean, or overrun in our uh, A&Es and hospitals, hopefully. Yes. Yes. And then and the other thing is, if you have symptoms of any other disease, like if you think there's stroke or heart or whatever, don't be afraid. Get yourself to a hospital and get treated. You know, that's another very important message. There was a lot of worry last year. Why were A&Es empty? Where were all the people who would normally be there? And if they delay treatment, they end up sicker. So, again, that's part of it get back to normality and the vaccinations are being hammered out there. We will get through this, you know, so um, and if you are vaccinated, enjoy your summer. Just do it. Sarah Carey, the poster girl. (laughs) (laughs) No way. You made that clear. Neither side take me on board there for any posters. I understand what you're saying as well. Everybody's ready to jump in when somebody like yourself speaks. I'm looking forward to tomorrow. You're in there. Yes, we can read you. On tomorrow about corporation tax. What are we going to do about the 130 countries (laughs) wanting us to give away the corporation tax? Saturday's independent. Read her tomorrow, folks. She's simply brilliant. Thank you so much for your kindness and joining us today, Sarah. You're welcome, Jerry. Bye. Take care of yourself. Bye bye. That's uh, journalist Sarah Kerry there from the Royal County, of course. And interesting point she makes indeed. If you have anything to say to us, we'd love to hear from you on the show. 086 1800 658. WhatsApp or text me. Here's your riddle on Friday. Listen carefully. My first is in chocolate, but not in ham. My second's in cake, also in jam. My third at tea time is easily found. My whole is a friend who's often around. Who am I? What am I? What am I? I'm asking you. What am I? What am I talking about there? Once more, what am I? My first is in chocolate, but not in ham. My second's in cake and also in jam. My third at tea time is easily found. My whole is a friend who's often around. What am I? Answers, please, to 086-1800-658. We have a nice little prize to give away on late lunch today. Best of luck to you with our riddle on Friday. Louise, all's well. That ends well. After a long yes, saga. Yes, the paddling pool. I was calling it a swimming pool all week. Gosh, it's a swimming pool to us. We have nothing else. Um, ep- the paddling pool saga. I just uh, conclude the story today <laughs> with a happy ending. We all love happy endings and songs, don't we? And everything else. And movies and stories. Anyway, the paddling pool. Back to Aldi yesterday with the dud. Refund. No problem. Mm-hmm. As you said Perfect. and other listeners said as well. New pool from Smith's. Inflated. And fully inflated this morning and water warming up now as we speak. The just only, in time for the weekend. Just in time for the little girlies. The only thing is all the flies. You know all the little yeah, flies. Yeah. But you know what I have? I have a little net that I use at Mayfly time for Very scooping clever. Mayfly off the water. It's a little fine mesh net and you can just scoop it round and clear the flies off it. So we're ready to rock and roll. <laughs> Splash at the weekend. And do you uh, empty that now every evening? No. No, keep it there. Oh no, keep it. Jeepers, yeah. and do you I cover actually, it? Do you know what I do? 
I don't really because I use the little net to, mm. to but uh, I can cover it I suppose uh, if I want I have plenty of nets in the garden but what I do is when I do change the water I don't waste it I use the water to water my tomatoes and my courgettes mm. and in the garden you know what I mean so I use the water to do that and then if I fill it up again should get a couple of days out of it shouldn't we fill it last evening Oh, you should, yeah. Today Just, and tomorrow, yeah. anyway, out of it. You know, we'll see if we change it at that stage. Uh, but anyway, the cat's out. <laughs> the won't go. Yeah, well, that's probably a thought now. Maybe I will put the net over it tonight. Mm. You know what I mean? Just in but case. you know what? A cat won't go into it. Cats hate water. They hate water. I'm nearly sure a cat hates water, unlike a dog. They hate water. They keep away from it, I think. Fingers crossed they do. Anyway, there's not many cats around my garden because there's a big black boy there called Messi. Oh, yeah, and yeah, he yeah. he don't like cats. I'd be more afraid of the cats rather, you know, the claws yes. into it rather than oh, the yes, jumping I know into what, it. Oh, yes, I know what you're saying. I know what you're saying. Anyway, uh, they don't really... They sort of, There's a red X on our back garden and I'd say there's a... <sighs> There's a four-legged friend in there don't really like us. So they don't come around my place. There's a fellow passes out the front of the house, all right, but they don't really come near he the back. He brought you a present recently, didn't he? Who, oh, the fellow at the front. Mm. Do you remember that? Yeah, mm. he did. He brought me rat-a-tat-tat back earlier on in the year. He did indeed. Or she. Uh, good for that, certainly. That's the case. But don't mess with messy. Don't mess with our mess. That's the word anyway. Now we move on on the show and joining me for a chat ahead of their massive escapade tomorrow. These guys are biking it. Yes, they are on their bikes tomorrow from Cavan to Navin. But the, it's not straightforward. It's not the bike that you have in your mind. We're going to hear more now from Posties. They work the Navin beat. Dennis Freel and Dwayne Cassidy. Welcome to the show, gentlemen. Well, Jerry, how are things? How's it going? Good. Great to have you with me uh, today. Dennis, I'll start with yourself. You're actually a man that's out and about on a trike each day. Yeah, yeah. I'm delivering out in Johnstown now. Oh, for 20 years, but I have a trike now for the last maybe three, three, four years, it's an electric trike. Ah, so it makes life a little more comfortable. Yeah, a little more comfortable. Yeah, yeah, yeah definitely. You, like, you, you still have to pedal it, but it's more or less, it drives you along. Yeah. It's all, it's all electric. So you're well used to the bike. You do, what would you do in a day? You cover quite a bit of ground, would you, every day on the on the run? Yeah, about 12 or 13 kilometres, i say, most days, depending yeah. on how busy it is. Yeah, and then you're on and off the bike as well. So it's good for the health. Oh, definitely good for the health. I agree with that. Yeah, definitely good for the health. And this weather need, I say it, because I think at times in winter it mightn't be so pleasant. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. But Jerry, there's more good days than bad days. Yeah. So yeah. like, like it's like it's. I must say it's a great job to be in, especially in this weather. Anyway. Oh, it certainly is. Now, what about you, Dwayne? Are you a bike man or are you propelled by four wheels? Well, Jerry, no, I'm um, actually in a, in a van. We only actually got a new electric van only two weeks ago. So it's, uh, it's a bit of getting used to it from the automatic, but um, yeah. they're, they're good, they're good you hook. Yeah, that's interesting now, isn't it? So on post yeah. are transitioning over to the new technologies. What, what, you, know, you know when you hear a car coming at you, is it much quieter? Yeah, very, very silent. Very, very silent. It's, it's very, very hard to hear now, especially if you're in an estate, like I deliver a few states, you know, if yeah. there's kids about, you know, they, they wouldn't very hear it very well, you know. Mm, You've got to be careful with it, you for do. sure. So I'm just thinking, Dwayne, yours is a bit more of a challenge that's going to happen tomorrow because the other place sort of on the bike, you have to put in a little extra. Am I right there? Yeah, we're, we're just, we're, we're both on the bikes tomorrow, but so I yeah. just had a bit of an injury uh, be- oh. For the last two weeks there, but um, yeah, but it's, it's all it's okay now. So we'll be just we'll be both cycling 
uh, going at a, a small pace, I suppose. Like it's not a race, you know. So yes. we'll we'll get there. We'll get we'll get there. It's going to be a farrell distance to travel on, on the old post bikes, you know. Yeah. There's only there's only three gears on them, Jerry. They're not like a normal bike with ten or twelve <laughs> gears, you know. <laughs> yes, this is the thing about this trip. It's not straightforward. There's no electrification involved. There's no real uh, range of gears to take you through either. But I'm just saying, Dwayne, for you, you've a bit of catching up to do. The other flies, I think, is a bit of an advantage in that he's out and about in the bike. Uh, what do you say to that, Dennis? Have you the little edge, fitness Well, Jerry, Dwayne's not saying it's a race there, but we'll see what happens in the last kilometre <laughs> when we're coming into Mullaby Industrial State tomorrow about three o'clock. We'll see. <laughs> I'll tell him to look around and see what's coming, and before he realises, I'll be gone. <laughs> like a hot you-know-what. Yeah. But, uh, Dennis, tell us this uh, about the bikes again. Uh, Dwayne referred to it there. These are heavy, heavy uh, lads to push along. Yeah, 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 they're heavy enough. As Dwayne says, there's only three gears on them. And, uh, like, they're slow enough to get going. Like, they like they are heavy enough. They're not like your average 18 or 20-gear racers where you fly along the road. Yes. Like, they're big, heavy wheels on them as well. But, you look, we were looking for a bit of a challenge to do. Yeah. And we came up with this a couple of weeks ago. And, look, it's all fantastic at the moment. We're, like, we're looking forward to it. The community, all the people at work, they've just been brilliant. Yeah. Yeah, and, and you know, you have the weather, as we say. Like, it's going to be mighty warm on that, but what about it? So, you're going from Cavan to Navin tomorrow at 67 kilometres. You better tell everybody uh, the reason. Uh, it's about a little guy, isn't it, called Nyan Khan? Yeah, yeah, little Nyan Khan, as I call him, my little pal. He lives in my estate here. He's, look, he lives directly across the road. He needs life-saving uh, vaccine in America, and we've been doing different events over the last couple of months. So, myself and Dwayne says, look... We'll do a, uh, we'll do something. So we just put our heads together and we rang on post and on post 100% behind us. It says, look, whatever you need on the day, a couple of vans to go with support vehicles, we'll do whatever you want. So we says that uh, we just come from that, from uh, Calvin to Navin on uh, tomorrow, July 17th. And look, there's been a lot going on in the last year or so. So we're just going to have a bit of crack on the road tomorrow. People come out and give us a bit of support. We'll stop and we'll have a chat along the way. And it's just all about... Just getting nigh onto America, that's our goal at the end of the day. Yeah, you're great people, you really are. And this family, they, you know, they, they live here and they're part of the community, but they're quiet people. They wouldn't have had a huge network. No, 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 definitely not. Like, like uh, in the community, like if you're not involved in football clubs and all that, it's very hard to get into, into fundraising events and all this kind of stuff. So this is kind of one of our events. Like there's so much, to, Jerry, that's been going on over the last two or three months, and there's more to come as well. But the community is in Navin and beyond. We, we've had events in Baileyborough and Kells and everyone. It's just been unbelievable, the response that we're getting. Oh, we're terrific. I say that again about Irish people. When the chips are oh, down, unbelievable. we oh, come up trumps. Yeah. That is for sure. So yeah. how can people support you if they want to give you a, a, a few euro to help this little lad? Well, Jerry, if people are sitting out now having a little barbecue in the back garden, if they go on to GoFundMe, yeah, and it's a Nyan's Operation Postman, right? Just click on that link, uh, link to see a good-looking fellow like me and Dwayne will be beside me. <laughs> so that's the way we we'll go. Dwayne, you have your work cut out with this fella. I'd say he's as oh. competitive as the days long, is he? Oh, I'm working him 21 years, Jerry, and I tell you, it just goes down another 40 mile on the bike tomorrow to listen to him nabbling at me. Yeah, we're doing this, we're doing that. You know. <laughs> anyway, I have to ask you, it's going to take you, reckon, about five hours. I'd say a dip in Loch Ram or could be called for. 
<laughs> yeah. Oh, absolutely, yeah. Jerry. 100%. We were, we were out, Jerry, there the, the other day, did our last kind of cycle for 15 miles, and we done it in an hour, an hour, 10 minutes. So, like, you know, and we were kind of pushing ourselves a bit doing doing that amount. But so, but we'll take it kind of easy. We don't want to burn ourselves out too quick, you know, and then mm. be struggling for the last few miles, you know. Yeah, yeah. Well, look at the, the lakeside manor. You know where it is there. It's a landmark. It is, yeah. We all know it I'll, well indeed. I'll push Dennis into the river there. He can't swim. <laughs> Thank you very much. Watch, watch your back, Dennis. Oh, I definitely will be. Well, he'll be watching my back for the last kilometre of the stage, Jerry, anyway. <laughs> do you know what, your great, great fellas? I, you, I know everybody's so proud of you, and we want to mention the community there, your wives, yeah. all the women in the area who've been working hard. And again, it's Nyan's, it's GoFundMe. Yeah, Nyan's, N-A-H-Y-A-N, Operation Postman. Lovely. Well, look, we wish you both all the very oh, best very tomorrow. Much, Good luck to thanks you on the way. Million, if you see them, give them an old beep at the car. Give them a cheer on. Give them a few euro and help this little lad. Right. Thank you so much for joining me. And just for the two of you today, we'll say goodbye to you with this one. For the posties from Navin and their big cycle tomorrow, here it is, boys, for Dennis Freel and Dwayne Cassidy. Stop, oh yes, wait a minute, Mr. Postman. Wait, Liz Karen, thank you so much indeed. Just got a lovely uh, picture WhatsApped into me from Liz. Uh, her tomatoes, she has lovely tomatoes, and here's a duck having a go at the tomatoes. <laughs> you know what? Uh, it's lovely to see. You know what I mean? Sharing what we grow with the creatures of the earth as well. Lovely picture, Liz. Really appreciate you sending it in to us. I'll just do it once more. Where is it? Hold on a second. I have it here somewhere. Yes, I have it, I have it, I have it. One more time, last time. The riddle, I can tell you, sugar is not the answer. Donut is not the answer either. We have some correct. I'll just read it once more. I've been asked once, and you know me, I'm no soft-hearted fella, really. Um, here it is, last time, your riddle on Friday. My first is in chocolate, but not in ham. My second's in cake, and also in jam. My third at tea time is easily found. My whole is a friend who's often around. What am I? What is the answer I'm looking for? What is it I'm talking about there? Last chance, 086-1800-658 for your answers, please, by WhatsApp or text. Best of luck to Dennis and Dwayne, Jerry. Water balloons will be at the ready to cool the pair of them uh, on the cycle from the Ninja Mammies. Do you know the Ninja Mammies, Louise? No? Do you know, you know who they I'd are? I'd say that's Ruth Freel and a few other Would ladies you? from Would there. You? Yeah, yeah. They sound they sound like a determined lot for sure. Anyway, they'll have a, a right royal welcome when they arrive back in Navin tomorrow afternoon. Look, I want to say a big thank you to a very special lady. Louise, you just bumped into her yourself. Yeah, the they were lovely. In. Came all Weren't the way they just to lovely. you. Phyllis Ty from Carlinstown came up here this morning to meet me. I come in late just before the show to meet me on the way in and she was uh, the pilot, the driver was Deirdre, her daughter-in-law. And you see, Phyllis promised me a while back that when she had gooseberry jam, she'd keep me apart. Well, God Almighty, uh, she arrived up today with the with the goodies for me, with the jam. And you and, love gooseberry jam. Oh, listen, it's it's my favourite jam, uh, homemade. You know what I mean? Mm. I, I said to Phyllis as well this morning that you know you can you can come across it, you know, commercially, but it's nothing like the homemade stuff. But listen to this, listen to listen to this mm. about Phyllis Ty. Do you know how much gooseberry jam she's made this year? How much? 
60 pounds. <gasps> wow. 60 pounds of gooseberry jam. And well done to husband Ted, who's been out picking, <laughs> picking, picking non-stop for her. Anyway, 60 pounds of jam she's made this year. It's a lot of sugar in, oh, to make the jam. Oh, my God almighty. A lot of everything, a lot of effort and time. But you know what? She's a wonderful lady. She's a brilliant knitter. She loves cooking. She makes the most wonderful homemade bread as well to put the gooseberry jam on with a little lash of butter I'm sure as well and you know what she's a lovely family she really has she is our sons are Patrick Jim Eamon Paul Mark and she's daughter Helena and they all love her to bits Patrick's in California and you know what Louise really he can't get home Louise this year he's so disappointed that he can't get home and uh, normally he comes home normally comes home and helps with the, with the picking of the gooseberries Every year. Yeah, helps with the picking of them and loves the whole thing around the making of the gooseberry jam. It's a tradition. A tradition. And it stretches back to Phyllis's mother as well. So it's in the family a long time. But she told me to say hello to him. Patrick in Ventura in California. He does his own jam out there as well. Stateside, I'm sure. Gooseberry, hardly. Uh, probably not. But he, he's a jam maker over there. He makes, I forgot to ask her that anyway. But anyway, she arrived up, made the trip. I was delighted to meet her. And I just want to say... Thank you so much, Phyllis Ty, for making my day. You couldn't have given me anything else that would make me more happy today than that little gift from that lady. It's really, really special. It's a lot of thought and effort. It's the thought and the effort and the time. And guess what? Phyllis Ty, happy birthday. She was 83 years young yesterday. And, you know, she said to me, the jam making and all else she does keeps her going. And so she doesn't true. look it. Oh my God, she doesn't look at it. Ten at all. years younger, at least. She's just something else. But you know what it is, Louise? Having interests in life. You know what I mean? And things that get you up in the morning and things that you love to do. And that's the secret, she told me. That's the secret of having a lot of interest in our life. Anyway, Phyllis, I know you're a big country and western fan for you today. From me, for the jam. Here it is, Phyllis. Happy birthday. <laughs> I'm tired of going round and round I just love that song, I have to say, and that's especially for Phyllis Ty today from Carlinstown, 83 years young yesterday. And your niece Mary's been on to say, yes, Jerry, she is the most wonderful woman in the world and it was her birthday yesterday and we all Love her loads. Oh, I could just feel it, sense it from her today. A lovely, lovely woman. And thanks indeed again, Phyllis, for the lovely gooseberry jam. I will enjoy, I promise you. That song just makes me happy. It really does. And I can just see people dancing around the dance floors of Ireland every time that comes on. And of course, it's Declan's pension, of course. I told him that one day he was here with me as well. <laughs> it's just something else. It's lively, puts a smile on your face and so many people enjoy it and will enjoy it. Dancing again in the near future. Yes, indeed. Late lunch, LMFM radio, short break and back afterwards with Alma Jordan from AgriKids. Last year, 20 fatalities on our farms. Uh, The numbers improved uh, uh, somewhat, but one is far too many, never mind 20. Next week is Farm Safety Week and ahead of the week, I'm joined by a good friend of ours. She's the founder of AgriKids. Delighted to say hello again to Alma Jordan. Hello, Alma. 
Hi, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Thanks so much for joining me on the show today. As I said, 20 last year. Youngsters, young people in those in those 20 fatalities. Yes. Unfortunately, yes. I mean, about 10% of all the, the, the farm fatalities over the last 10 years are actually, chil- are, are actually children. Mm. So, and unfortunately, it, it's the same story every single year. We are looking at the, the number one danger being our tractors, being our machinery. And we saw a spike actually last year around April um, when, you know, the schools had shut and children were home uh, and had full access onto farms. So, you know, and this time of the year especially, they're, you know, we're, we're still kind of getting used to the summer holidays, but it's a busy, busy time on farms. We may have first cut a silage done, but we're gearing up maybe getting ready to get the second round in. We're, we're actually going to be starting harvest time in, in a couple of weeks. So the big machines are coming out again. They're getting them ready. So, it's 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 really important, and I suppose that is why Farm Safety Week takes place now because it, it is a, it's it's a highly busy time farming wise. Yes, and of course the hay as well will be uh, soon being uh, taken in also. But Alma, I want to ask you this: like I was tr- I was thinking about this uh, earlier today and trying to get my head round it in a way. Is it like anything in life in a work environment where we just become maybe a little too comfortable, a little relaxed where there's danger all around us? Unfortunately, yes, that that, that is true. And one of the, the things I constantly hear um you know, is farmers saying, oh, sure, won't happen to me, or sure, this is how I always did it, and sure, what harm is there in it? And as part of the events and the webinars that I would do with, with, with agri-kids, I always showed them a picture of what a tractor looked like when I was growing up in Celebrage in Kildare in, in, in the 80s. It was an in, uh, international tractor, about 50 horsepower. And as I say to the uh, children, as I grew up, the tractors grew up too. They got bigger, they got stronger, they got faster. So we can never, ever compare a like-for-like situation um, on our farms because the farms I grew up on is definitely not the farm I am rearing my son on. You know, they've gotten busier, they've gotten more intense. And and we we really have to educate ourselves. I mean, quad bikes are becoming a major problem now. And, you know, there's going to be new laws coming in towards the end of the year that it is now mandatory that you have a helmet on and that you have your that you have a you're a training and you know it, it beggars belief for me that people will spend eight to ten thousand euro on getting themselves a quad bike it's a vital vehicle for our farms yeah. but they won't fork out the extra 50 or 60 euro to protect their their head and and the big danger with the quad bikes is actually is, is obviously being, being thrown from one, but it's also um, asphyxiation. It's the quad bike coming back on top of you and, and, and crushing you. They're about 360 kilograms. You know, there is no rollover protective system. There is no s- survivable space when they come back on, 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 on top of you. So they did try and see if people would Im- improve their, their habits, but unfortunately, research has shown us that three out of every four people who have a quad bike don't use a helmet. So the rules have to uh, have to uh, change, and they have to uh, change because people are get are, are getting hurt and getting killed. So you've been talking about machinery so far, but it's far from machinery as well that the dangers lurk. You know, we think of silage pits, we think of water, uh, we of farm animals that can be, you know, dangerous—a bull or a, a, yeah. an angry beast as well. All those aspects also. 
Yeah, they're, I mean, they're hugely unpredictable at the best of times. And again, I'd often tell children that, you know, farm animals, they are not pets, you know, and they have their learned behaviours, like a load of cows waiting to go in in the evening time to, to be milked. That's what they've learned. But that same cow, as soon as she has a calf, she is, could be a very different beast and her maternal instinct will kick in and she will attack. And, and you know, you're seven times more likely to be attacked by a freshly calved cow than by a bull. So, you know, she is considered the most dangerous animal on our farms because statistically she is causing the most livestock Mm. accidents. So, you know, and I I remember I had an awful time really kind of around March when, you know, it was calving time, we had lambing time, and I saw so many children, two and three years of age, you know, on the farm, you know, in working with newborn calves and pushing them along. And unfortunately, the danger there is a kick, is a puck, and it could be absolutely tragedy within seconds. So the unpredictable nature of, of, of animals is, is always going to be a huge issue. And I suppose the, the, the complexity around our farms is the fact that we are looking at a place that is the most dangerous of all workplaces. In fact, up to half of all workplace accidents take place on a farm. Um, but for so many of us, it's also our home. Mm. So we know we have to draw this kind of, I suppose, a reality check that it's not you know, a realistic situation that we can keep, we'll say, children off the farm 100% of the time. But what we have to adopt is a new attitude around it. We have to change the culture. We have to stop the behaviour that is so damaging, you know, that when you do go on to at the farm, that you're using it as an opportunity to expose your child to those jobs that are age appropriate. You know, if I see one more child being filmed behind the wheel of, of, of a tractor or behind the, 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 the controls of, of a quad bike, you know, we're, we're going to get ourselves into a lot of, of it trouble and I have taken up the media and social media on a number of occasions for posting these these types of images because not only are they showing bad behaviour not only are they enabling and almost giving permission for this kind of behaviour but with the work I do with the likes of Embrace Farm I can tell you that you are triggering within somebody somewhere memories of what was probably the worst day of their lives where they may have had a life-limiting injury or they might have lost somebody. So it's really about the wider impact here and and, and how, you know, a farm accident impacts everybody, essentially. And and you work, of course, education with children and parents and uh, the wider community. What about risk assessment? You know, I'm familiar with them through my life in different places I've worked as well. Is risk assessment a a must, would you say, to any farm? You know what people say, oh, we're aware of them of that. But are you better to have it formally completed that it's pointed out where the danger points are? Yeah, well, actually, part of the uh, protocols within a farm is that you have to complete your farm risk assessment. And and that outlines, you know, all the uh, dangers, you know, in in terms of, you know, uh, rating them in terms of how dangerous they actually are and putting actions against those to, to remedy those situations. So those protocols are in place. But the problem is you're looking at a workplace that consists of one person. When you, you know, I hear a, a, a lot of people trying to compare a farmyard to the likes of a construction site. There is a dedicated health and safety professional working yes. within a construction site with the farmer. He is the vet, he is the scientist, he is the marketer, he is the salesperson, he's the financial person. And then he has to be the, the, uh, the, the health and safety as well. So that's why really with the work that I do, I'm trying to engage everybody within that farm family unit on this particular topic. And, and we have to include everybody because we have to 
move from a place of, of pure awareness and, and get to a place of, of actual instinct. And I suppose, I suppose some of the excuses that I might c- come up across is, oh, you know, I can't afford it. You know, I have to, I can't afford that investment. But you can always afford to, to clean up a yard, uh, to put things away, to lock doors. Um, a number of outlets actually for next week for Farm Safety Week, especially around Rohada and Dundalk and in County Mead, are actually running in-store offers um, and discounts on farm safety accessories and equipment. So you can get the cover for your PTO guard, you can get your slurry gas monitor, you can get your high-vis vest and, and, and your helmet for your quad bike and you know what? You're going to get it at a, at a discount next next week. So there really is, and there really can be no excuses. I mean, I always remember my father. He took off. Um, he, he was un, un, unwrapping a bale and taking off the baling twine, and it was the kind of baling twine that was actually closed at at, at the end. And he threw it on the on the uh, ground, and he went off to, to do a job. And as he came back around, he got tangled up in in the twine he 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 left and had quite a bad uh, a bad fall so when he kind of got himself up and he readied himself he came home and he thrust this bailing twine towards me and he says the workshops that you do with kids tells them that this is probably one of the most dangerous things that can happen yes. a trip and 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 a fall he says all oh, because i didn't put it put it into the bin yes. where it's supposed to go and a simple so, you know, a simple thing really and i say yeah. again in what you've said there you can't put a price on a life it's as simple oh, as can. that you just you can't can. now before we finish it is the ninth farm safety week starting next week and agri kids have come together with flow gas uh, to launch a children's farm safety handbook I have. I have. I'm so excited by, by, by this, actually. It's, it's free to download at agrikids.ie and it's full of child-friendly tips, advice, activities, colouring. There's even a certificate in there if you manage to complete the whole book. And there is, there's also actually a game, a board game, that children can, uh, can, can play. So it's, it's, it's all about creating a very positive, happy, engaging, informative and educational uh, vibe um, on, on the topic of farm safety. And for me, there was no better time to launch it then uh, Farm Safety Week. And, and, you know, I ask everybody to get behind it on social media, hashtag Farm Safety Week. It's managed by the Farm Safety Foundation in, in the UK, but it takes part in five territories. So it's happening in Northern Ireland, in Southern Ireland, in Scotland, Wales and, and Britain. And it's the, probably the one time that all of those farming communities are totally united yes. On this topic, so it's a really, really, it's a terrific campaign, and and I know it's only a week, but we all know it goes on for 52 weeks. Yes. Okay, farm yes. safety is never ending, but it's important that we do shine a light on it. And statistically, we've just had what is known as the most unsafe day for farm safety, which is the second of July of the year Mm. sorry the second Sunday in July and they always say it around 11 o'clock because farmers may be at a bit of a lull in activities they're trying to get a bit of work done so they can rush home and spend the day with with their family and we have known that that is is a key time for accidents to happen so you know it's it's really about being 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 aware being engaged uh, to rethink the risk and obviously to rethink safety at all times absolutely absolutely I go along with you all the way there so it is next week 19th to the 23rd check out agrikids.ie for that brilliant uh, safety handbook you can download it we wish everybody safety on our farm not just next week but as you said 52 weeks of the year thank you for joining me Alma thanks Jerry. have a great day enjoy that sun I will indeed take care of yourself isn't she brilliant the wonderful Alma Jordan there founder of AgriKids my first is in chocolate but not in ham my second's in cake 
and also in jam. My third at tea time is easily found. My hole is a friend who's often around. What am I? A cat was the answer I was looking for. See, my first is in chocolate, see, but not in ham. My second's in cake, C-A-C-A, you know what I mean? And my third in tea time, T-T, a cat. Well done to everybody who got it right. Hannah McCabe, it's yours today. The little gift from us on late lunch. Congratulations to you, Hannah. And thanks for joining in the fun. And thanks to everybody who has this afternoon. Hello, 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 Jerry. This is your good friend, Magella. No jokes today. Oh, Magella, I'm disappointed. Will you please say a belated happy birthday to my beautiful mother, Bridie Trainer from Drum Conrad? It was her birthday yesterday. She was a big 81. Thank you very much, Jerry. And I hope you're loving the sunshine. I am loving the sunshine. I really am. And God bless it. Isn't it great to get weather like this? Magella, lovely to hear from you this afternoon. Bridie Trainer, happy birthday. I'm going to play Van for you. Yes, it's Van the Man and real, real gone. Yeah, Van the Man and real, real gone and your late lunch this Friday afternoon. That's a terrific song. Yeah, he's something else, isn't he? He's a wonderful Wonderful performer. Jerry says, uh, a listener, just WhatsApp me. Take a look at this. I'm driving along in the car, AC on. I'm not far from Lucan in County Dublin. I said I'd just take a snap of this and send it to you. 31.5 degrees. It's picking up the outside air temperature from the car there. Thank you so much for sending that on to me. 31.5 near Lucan in Dublin, not far away from us here in the northeast. That is some temperature, isn't it? Oh, sure, half the country won't sleep tonight. The windows will be open everywhere. We'll have to put the bedclothes into the freezer for an hour or so before we go to bed. Do you ever do that? Do you ever put the bedclothes into the freezer to cool them down? Give it a go. It'll cool you when you go to sleep tonight. It's my tip of the day on late lunch. After news, sport and weather at three. Coming up, Westlife, yes. Another big number one from the lads and Leon Blanche. Looking ahead to the weekend in sport. Yes, thanks for your messages to the show. Joe was on to say, you mentioned bats, Jerry. there. Yes, I had the same experience last evening in my bat garden hadn't seen them for a while either and it was lovely to see them come dark fluttering about it is they're special they're special little creatures they are indeed i don't know where they roost or whatever but thanks for getting in touch with us jim on the show and i'll tell you something else i forgot to mention Uh, i have night scented stock uh, and it wasn't my idea it was miriam's idea to get some seed i'm more into the veg myself but i do put in some flowers Love the bulbs early in the year especially. But uh, anyway, I sowed the seed of the night-scented stock. Sort of forgot about them a little bit and they went a little bit leggy. But anyway, we put them into containers, have them out the back as well, round the table and chairs and on the patio. And you know, they're remarkable. I have to tell you this, night-scented stock. You walk by them in the daytime, the little pink uh, type of flowers on them. And they're nice, pretty to look at. But it's only when the sun goes down. When the sun goes down, folks, oh my word, the magic happens. I watered them yesterday evening and I started to get the uh, perfume as the sun dipped. And when it gets dark, these little things just push out this incredible scent everywhere. It's amazing what they do. And it only happens when it gets dark. The light dims. Isn't nature such a wonderful thing? I recommend them highly to you. I'll be growing more than please God next year, but we're enjoying them at the moment on the lovely evenings. Night scented stock. It is simply remarkable, I have to say. Now, my artist of the week this week. Final instalment from myself. 
Day five, Westlife. Having performed their final gig in Croke Park on June 23rd, 2012, Westlife, as I mentioned yesterday, were no more. They maintained right through the years uh, afterwards that they'd never, ever reform. And despite persistent rumours over the years, and you know, I, I read this about them, uh, Simon Cowell and Louis Walsh were onto them consistently, all the time, saying, you've got to get back together again, you've got to get back together again. But they held firm. However, as the Bond movie says, never say never. And on October 3rd, 2018, to a frenzy from their fans, a second coming of Westlife was confirmed. They released Hello My Love, their first single since 2011. And guess what? Yeah, January 2019, it shot straight to number one right round the world. The album called Spectrum came out later in the year and it too, at the end of 2019, was a chart topper. They incorporated a 51-day tour which began in Belfast, travelling to the Middle and Far East before ending in London's Hyde Park. The boys were back big time. Fans couldn't get enough of them as those uh, tour dates bore out all completely sold out in jig time. They planned concerts for 2020, but because of the COVID pandemic, I don't have to tell you what happened, they were moved from 2020 to this year. And unfortunately, again, they've had to be rescheduled and now they're due to take place next year in 2022. So Wembley in London is one of those dates and Parky Creeve in Cork, where they've never played before. You'll have to wait, but please God, Westlife are on the way next year. Yes, there'll be more to come from Keen, Nicky, Mark and Shane, one of the most popular and successful boy bands of all time. I call them a man band now because that's what they are, of course. Released on February 18th, 2002, the second single from their third album and another big hit. Enjoy. My Artist of the Week, Westlife. You make me feel funny When you come around Yeah, that's what I found out, honey yeah, Westlife, my artist of the week. Jerry, I love Westlife. You've kept a smile on my face all week. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for that lovely comment this afternoon. Coming your way, please God, next year, Westlife. Concerts scheduled here in Ireland, the UK and elsewhere. Hi, amazing lot of bats in my garden in swords last night. Saw one even do a backflip. I kid you not, Jerry. Must have been an acrobat. Love the show. Sean Curry sends us that message from uh, swords <laughs> this afternoon. <laughs> I love it, Sean. I love it. Anything that gives puts a smile on people's face. I love it. Thanks for getting in touch with us on the show, Sean. Have a lovely weekend. Final break of the day and the afternoon and the week on Late Lunch and afterwards, always at this time. Yes, we look ahead to the weekend in sport with Leon Blanche. Yes, Friday afternoon and a big weekend in sport lying ahead and the man who joins us every Friday on Late Lunch is back again today. Leon Blanche, Communications Manager with Boyle Sports. Thank you for joining me again. Good afternoon, Jerry. How are you? I'm good. Now, let's begin, uh, Leon, today with the League of Ireland. And both clubs in action this weekend. Draw the first in tonight against St. Pat's. A loss late on first time round in Richmond Park. But put one over Pat's in United Park last time out. Yeah, look, Jerry, they'll want an improved performance from last week. So, I mean, I was fully convinced they would have got the three points. And they only got a point out of that one. And that would have been a disappointing result for uh, Draw the But St. Pat's, they're a good side. And this is going to be a really close encounter, Jerry. I'm going to sit on the fence here. I'm going to go for another draw. 
for the drugs. It would be a fantastic result if they could go up there and get three points. But I just don't know, Jerry. Um, that performance last week, maybe it'll be a good thing. Maybe it'll wake them up a little bit because you'd want to be beating the bottom sides um, in terms of going as far as you possibly can in competition in, in terms of the highest league position. But I think a score draw is probably the way I would go for Drogheda against St. Patrick's Athletic. Now, Dundalk, fresh from the European success, entertained Finn Harps at Oriel Park Saturday afternoon. Last time Harps came a-calling, they won. Yes, but look, you know what? Things are changing at Oriel Park. Vinny Perth is back in there, Jerry. He's doing a really, really solid job at the moment. And Dundalk are growing in confidence by the game. As you rightly said, good performance in Europe. Went through there, what was it, 5-0 on aggregate, I think. So they've done that really well and really easily. And I do feel this Dundalk side is getting their confidence back. And that's the most important thing for a footballer. You're playing with a bit of belief. You're playing with a nice bit of confidence. Vinny's back and Dundalk look a different team. For me, Dundalk to claim all three points and to do it with a convincing performance. Now let's move to Gaelic Games and Sunday, a big day in terms of the Leinster Football Championships. It's semi-final time and me in there against the Dubs, but can anybody beat Dublin? Um, I, do you know what? All is not right, Jerry, at the moment in the Dublin camp. Eric Lowndes has retired, uh, won seven All-Ireland medals. He's only 27 years of age. He's walked away from the football panel. So you'd be a little bit concerned. Why? Um, yes, he might have been the number one starter, but he's still a serious squad member. Paul Mannion has walked away. Mead, well, look, we said this last year in the championship. Mead were coming in in good form, but they couldn't stick with the dubs. The dubs put the game to bed in the first half. It's 11 points of a handicap head start. That's what the bookmakers are saying. Dublin are better than Mead. I'd be taking Mead plus 11, Jerry. I do believe Dublin will win the match. Um, bigger spaces always suit a Dublin team. So for me, Mead will get beaten, but I think they'll be able to come under the 11 points, which I think is far too big of a head start. And the other semi-final, Kildare, Westmead, the Lily Whites favourites? The Lily Whites are favourites, and this is an opportunity for Kildare to make it through to a Leinster final. You'd fully expect them to be able to beat Westmead. And um, Westmead, they trounced Leash, wasn't it, in their first game in Leinster. But I'd have to say, Jerry, I'd be amazed if Westmead can beat Kildare. Kildare have got some really nice footballers on their books and they've got to be able to put the likes of Westmead to the sword. West, Westmead, to get beaten by Kildare by five or six points, in my opinion. And I actually think it'll be Kildare-Dublin Leinster final with, of course, the Dubs probably winning that. Now, golf this weekend. The Open Championship is back this year at Royal St. George's. And Louis Eustace in Leon. he's top of the pile after day one, but there's been a big mover early on in day two. What's your thoughts on the golf? Well, look, the big mover today is Colin Morikawa. Of course, I think he's nine under at the moment. He's on hold 16. Um, so he's been a huge mover. But looking at Oosthuizen, he's been tremendous, Jerry. I think he's finished second in a couple of majors. I think it's six second places in total for the South African. He's just a joy to watch. He's a really nice golfer. No surprise, Morikawa is the current favourite at 5-2. to two. I was impressed with Jordan Speet. Um, five under, didn't he finish yesterday? He's a 5-1 to one chance. Oosthuizen at 11-2. to two. And then there is a bit of a gap in terms of the betting. And the way I'd be looking at this, Jerry, is I think big Dustin Johnson. He got a little bit of luck yesterday afternoon, but he's still in there with a shout. 
Don't rule out DJ making a bit of a run. Of the rest of them, I'm looking down through the field. Rory McIlroy, of course, had an early start uh, today. He finished very well yesterday, finishing level par, but he wasn't able really to make a move today, which is disappointing. Podrick Harrington finished level par, so he should make it in to the weekend. But if I just had to pick one, that one that might just make a move, maybe Dustin Johnson. I just think, Jerry, he has the game if he can finish inside the top places in terms of getting onto Saturday and Sunday. And I just think DJ at about 25 to 1, he might just be one to make a move, which would be hard pressed to go against Jordan Speet. He's second favourite, he's a major winner, he won't feel the pressure. And Speet getting grips to the links course, he might just be the one that could win the whole lot. Watch this space. Exciting weekend ahead in sport all round. Leon Blanche, thank you so much for joining us again this weekend. Have a great weekend, Jerry. Hi, Jerry. I was listening to you talking about night-scented stock. Where do you get them and when do you plant them? Thank you, Jerry, from a fan in Cullen baking in the sun. I can just picture it at the moment. Well, let me tell you, I grew them from seed. You could check your local garden centre to see if they have night-scented stock. Not easy to get. Too late to sow them this year, but put them on the agenda for next year. Thanks to you all for joining us every day on the show and joining in the conversation. I do appreciate it. We love our late lunch audience. Thanks to all our guests who was with her, who were, who've been with us during the week, uh, the past week, and to my producer, Louise Walsh. Back with me this week. Couldn't do it without her. Thanks a million, Louise. Anyway... I'm heading off on a week's holidays next week. God, and I just get the weather right. A bit of luck for a change. Alison O'Reilly is here to keep you company next week, along with our Louise. So do join in. Uh, tune in to Late Lunch from one uh, thirty on Monday afternoon. Eddie's coming next with The Drive. I'll see you in a week's time. Take care of yourselves, and I'll leave you with this one. Yes, this is how I feel this evening. Bye. We're all going on a summer holiday. The Late Lunch with Blackstone Motors, Drahada, Dundalk and Cavan. We have the biggest range of light commercials in the Northeast with same-day business finance, so let our van specialist Danny find a commercial vehicle to suit your requirements. See blackstonemotors.ie Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom. Like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow wherever you are. 
tap the banner to go to monday.com. A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.